0: The Pampered Pickle, which sells children's goods and rents them locally here in Houston, Texas she has a service that will come to your home and outfit your baby or child with whatever they need, which so many parents, especially of new babies, can relate to buying all that gear and then you don't have the right thing and this thing doesn't fit or that thing doesn't fit. So how amazing would it be to have a service come to you and give you the right stroller, the right car seat based off of what your needs are. That's what just a small bit of what the Pampered Pickle does. So now I'm going to turn it over to Chanda Chanda. Again, welcome to the show. And um, the thing that Really amazes me the most about you is your bravery and how much you've overcome in just such a short period of time. And for all of our guests, I just want I want to hear from you about how about that moment when you came home and you knew there was something wrong with your daughter Sloan, and what your journey's been
1: like since then. Well, it has definitely been a journey um, when I realized that Sloan was much sicker than I thought we had gone on vacation. We had come home. It was the next day. We had just moved to Texas with no family, um, no friends. And so we had traveled around to visit everyone. And so when we came back, we were like fresh new start. And I started painting my mud room because I'm feeling good. And my daughter's just cranky and crying and I had no idea what was wrong with her so the next day is when I started noticing oh this may be a little more than just a common cold
0: what were the signs that made you feel that way
1: she was just she was beyond cranky Sloan is an excessive eater she loves her food it's her favorite pastime and so um she wasn't eating she just looked really tired um so I took my son at the time he was four five four and so we took him to school and in the car I told I was talking to a friend of mine and I said she has a weird rash that's kind of like on her stomach and going down her legs and I was like she just looks so tired and bad I said well I'm just get her home let her take a nap and then when I got her home her fever started spiking um, she was spiking at a hundred and four, hundred and five. I thought I was checking her temper- taking her temperature wrong. I'm like, well, let's try her back, let's try her neck, let's and everything try. Everything was showing. That everything high reading. kept high reading. So by that time, it was time to pick up my son. My husband comes home from work. I said, you know, let- I'm gonna take her to the ER. You no, know, I called her pediatrician. They had us come in. She said she's way sicker than I can help her with. She and you guys need to go to the ER. So when we went there, they said, oh, you know, her fluids, everything's coming down. She tested positive for RSV. They said it gets worse before it gets better. Um, I guess RSV is that t- sort of virus. So
0: you were w- anticipating that she would get worse, and you were kind of told not to worry about that not happening. Not to
1: worry about it. So they re- they, you know, released us. We went home the next day. It was just craziness. She really just stopped everything. She stopped eating. She stopped moving. Um, Her fevers, I couldn't get them under control. I'm doing all the old stuff like, let's take a cool bath. Um,
0: And you were giving her like Tylenol. I'm giving her her Tylenol
1: and it really wasn't breaking that much. It would break for about an hour. It would take so long before the medicine would kick in. So at that time I called, she started vomiting and then she had um, diarrhea and I and I told my mother. I said, "Mom, she's she's still vomiting and diarrhea." She said, "Well, you know, it's okay. You know, if it starts to look like bile is in her vomit, then you need to go back to the doctor." As Soon as I hang up the phone,
0: bile in the vomit.
1: Bile in the vomit. So I rushed her back. Um, I kept and by then I'm holding her when we walk in, and her arm. I mean, she you can tell she was completely listless. She wasn't moving. They saw her and immediately just took her and started working on her. And they said, okay, well, let's just sit here and just kind of see what happens. Um, So since she wasn't holding anything down, the Tylenol went the other way. And then the fever started coming down a little bit. At that time, they said, okay, it looks like we have a more severe issue. Her fevers are out of control. We're going to admit you. And at that time I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll be admitted. Everything'll be okay." And it, after 2 days, then it was like, "Okay, well, we're still here." Um, and then it was just a flux of things. The doctors really didn't know what was going on since we had traveled to two different states. And it was all around the Ebola breakout oh time. Oh, my God.
0: You must have been terrified. They
1: were like, oh, you guys were in international airports. I'm like, I was only in California and Atlanta. I Right. You weren't in the city. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They were like, well, you know, we, you know, you guys were traveling there. You could have had exposure. So they, at that time, probably day three, they decided to put us in isolation. And isolation is not a nice, cute look in a hospital. I
0: don't think I've ever even, I didn't even know there was isolation in a hospital. So you're (laughs) going to have to tell us more about that.
1: So they put us in isolation. And what that was, was you couldn't come in if you didn't have on the proper dressing. So you had to dress outside. You had to put on um, a robe and you had to wear gloves and they had on mask and the hats, all of that. It, her care became, it started to look like an episode of house. You have like six doctors in and out and she's in isolation. So if you weren't immediate family, if it wasn't just us, then, and the doctors, no one else was allowed to come in.
0: Did she know what was going on?
1: She was so little. Yeah. Um, she knew she didn't feel well. Um, she was very tired and you know cranky. Yeah. Um, she's Sloane is very astute, so I'm pretty sure now she, she knew would have what known was something go- was happening. Right, but I think she knew something was happening then. Um, before Kawasaki Sloan really was, um, she didn't really interact with a lot of people. Yeah. If people looked at her in her stroller, she's like, ah, don't look
0: at me. Right. I don't
1: like it. Um, and she's a very serious child. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I just didn't, it, it was just a shock.
0: You yeah. know,
1: we didn't really expect That we would be in isolation. That was very surreal. You just
0: thought she had RSV that was out of control. I
1: thought it was RSV. Um, And then we had this wonderful infectious disease doctor. He comes in by day three or four. And he's like, does her tongue look different? What about her eyes? And I was like, well, they're a little red. He's like, well, what about her lips? And I was like, well, they're a little chapped, you know. But, I mean, she has a lot going on. At this time, they were giving her so many fluids that when she fell asleep and took a nap for a couple of hours, um, she had sw- she was super swollen. She had like doubled in size, half of her face. It kind of she kind of looked like uh, she had a stroke. So half of her face was sagging, um, and she's you know super 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 swollen, um, and they couldn't really figure it out. The infectious disease doctor said, "You know what? I think she has Kawasaki's." We're day four at this point.
0: And you've never heard of Kawasaki's before this? I
1: had not heard of Kawasaki's. um, Because
0: I certainly hadn't heard of it until you told me about it. Yeah,
1: I had no idea what it was. I had heard of it, but I wasn't sure. I had a friend whose son had it, but she was a friend through another friend. So it was just like conversation. So I... I didn't really associate the two. I didn't even remember the name of it, to be honest with you, until my girlfriend started talking to me about it.
0: And you told me now, in retrospect, that this is actually fairly common?
1: It's still very rare. Okay. It's still very rare, but... It is common in a sense that now people are starting to talk about
0: it. More common than you would have thought.
1: More common than I would have thought. Um, And now maybe because I'm just so immersed in the community of Kawasaki's, I hear a lot about it now. Um, And so, you know, when all of that happened, the doctor's like, look, I think she has Kawasaki's disease, but this hospital isn't equipped to take care of her. So we need to transfer you to medical center. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I thought, ah, they're going to give her her medicine, and a week later we'll be home. Well, they transferred us. Um, I said, the other doctor thought it was Kawasaki's. And we are at day six. You know, if it is Kawasaki's, we really need to get the the ball rolling because at this point I'm calling family members. We're all researching what this is. Um, And... You know, we were just trying to figure it out. We only thing that we did know definitively is that she needed to receive treatment within 10 days. So the clock is ticking. If you do not receive treatment within that 10 days, then they start to develop heart problems, permanent heart damage. So, you know, from there... You were on the (laughs) clock. We were on the clock. (laughs) Wow. And... uh, it was, it was a very scary time, and, and being in a state all alone, that was equally frightening. Yeah,
0: you didn't even have your support system here.
1: No, my mother had been on disability for a few months for her own surgery and went back to work the day she got sick.
0: Wow. And you know, I want to talk about that for a minute, because there are so many, I mean, motherhood is so hard. But motherhood, when you're on your own away from your family, even if your family is incredibly dysfunctional, (laughs) like, there's something about being home in a place that you recognize. Exactly. And there's something just increasingly isolating about that experience of motherhood, new motherhood in a totally new place. So you're going through both of those things at once.
1: Exactly. So it was the adjustment of moving to a new town, Right, And then it was the adjustment of, oh my gosh, my daughter is really sick. (laughs) You know, what's going on?
0: So you mentioned to me earlier that she hasn't made a full recovery from Kawasaki's because that's not, I mean, this is something she'll probably be dealing with. She
1: will be dealing with it for the rest of her life. Um, Because Sloan wasn't treated within the 10 days, um, she developed dilated coronary arteries. Now, the only reason why they gave her the IVIG, because at day nine, me and my husband were practically begging please give her the medicine if it's going to stop they refused it um we begged and begged and pleaded they refused it
0: that has to be so frustrating very back.
1: frustrating i uh, in school i decided i was going to be a dietician so i'm pulling out all of my little rudimentary books thinking that i can solve my daughter's problems mm. we're calling you know pediatrician friends and it was just, you know, you're
0: a fierce mama bear.
1: <laughs> I had to figure out what was wrong with my baby. Yeah. And they wouldn't they wouldn't give her the medicine. What the excuse that we had received at the time is that IVIG, that's the medicine that they give to stop stop everything. Um which is plasma. So right. it's similar to that of a blood transfusion. Um they said that if if they said they didn't want to give it to her because they felt that since it was a blood product, they didn't want to just give it out. And so to me, I don't care at this point. Let's take a risk. We're, right. This went on for 21 days before she got treated.
0: The- Sometimes I feel like there's so much red tape just because we don't want to make an error right. that we end up causing so much more harm right. in so many cases.
1: Right. Exactly. And And the harm was done at that point. The only reason they gave her the medication is because they kept sending cardiology up every day to see if there were changes within her heart.
0: So what did those days after she she was sent home eventually from all of this, what did those days, those early days look like?
1: Craziness. Um, at that point, there was regress regression.
0: So she was less verbal. She
1: was less verbal. She had just started walking. She had to learn how to crawl and walk again. Um, mood, her attitude was out of control.
0: That had to have been so hard for it you. It was
1: very hard. It was a little, it was a kid on steroids, with massive strength who uh, I was still nursing at the time you're <laughs> kidding so. me were you
0: uns- unsure like is this going to last forever did you kind of I, think that, that I moodiness- felt
1: that way in the hospital I my I tried not to cry in front of the kids right I did not want the kids to see me that upset so I would fall apart When there was a change of the shift, my husband will come in and try to help. And I I know people saw me walking through the hospital and many times just bawling because I never had no answer. And I know people were like, what is wrong? This girl's her kid must have died or something. Because at that point, I had to get it out. Right. Um, and I thought to myself, this is never going to end. Are we ever going to get out of this hospital? Well, it's so hard to know, and no one can really tell and you. And no one can really say. Yeah. Um, but when we got home, we realized this: they don't prepare you for what happens afterwards. Basically, we're going to give your kid IVIG. You know what the repercussions are of that and what will happen. And we're going to send you to a cardiologist for you to have your follow-up care. But they don't tell you all the things that your child goes through. Um, the bone pain, the, the rage, the fits, the, the medication and the dosing amounts. They don't tell you all of that. And that you need all of these therapies afterwards that, you know. And another thing they didn't tell me was that when your kid has suffered for so long with high fevers it delays their development and permanently not permanently just for that time being we are still dealing with that she's six okay so So, what does that look like in a six so in the in the beginning in the beginning it was it was she wasn't speaking so there was speech therapy there was occupational therapy for her to be able to get back up to Snuff. There was echo appointments that we were going to in the beginning every week because when we were released from the hospital, they said that she had aneurysms, and that was frightening. You know, like brain aneurysms. Yes. Uh, and so, for those who don't know,
0: brain aneurysm is when the blood vessel thins in the brain, and <sighs> it can cause like a rupture that can be fatal.
1: Right, and it stems from the heart. So, okay. all of all of that stuff was not. That, that's what we thought she had right um so we went to the cardiologist we went to a rheumatologist because since she was so flamed inflamed mm-hmm. she was in pain um and that went on for a little while where she would wake up when she started walking and wait when she started walking again she would wake up and have these weird limps And I I didn't understand what those were. But that was also as a result of Kawasaki's. Because at this point, your body needs time to stabilize. The steroids made her a nut. Um, I remember one particular time, I told her, no, she couldn't have something. And it was like a baby Chucky coming towards my face and was like (laughs) peeling my fingers that I was holding to get out of it. And just like, (sighs) I was telling my husband, he saw me in there because at this point I'm in tears. Yeah. And he's like, you go lay down. He had to hold her for 45 minutes just to get her to breathe and relax. You know, yeah. I mean, seeing a grown man having to pin down a 17 month old child who was massive in strength. It was
0: unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. And her strength was so great because of the steroids that she
0: because was on. Because of the
1: steroids that she was on. Wow. So, you know, all of those things over time decreased. We went from every week cardiology appointments now to every month, and then from every month, every other month, down to six months, and then once a year. So that's kind of where we are. But the con- cardiology care is something that's going to continue for the rest of her life.
0: So I know I have a friend whose child deals with really severe eczema. It's a, she, um, her, her son is about eight months old, the same age as my daughter, Violet, and... I feel like even though we have all of these new technologies and ways to get in touch with our doctors when we need them, it's still so difficult to get the doctor to really understand like, hey, I have so many questions. I really need exactly. your help. So did, did this feel that way? Like you're waking up, your daughter kind of has a limp and you don't know why.
1: Oh, I was on the phone with the doctors all the time. I had their cell phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet, had yeah. their email addresses. Um, since Sloan... Ha- so I, I do want to go back and say that Sloan had atypical Kawasaki, Kawasaki's, which is significantly, di- which is mildly different from regular Kawasaki's. I know, okay, how is it atypical? Because her signs didn't present all at once. So when I noticed that rash, usually that rash lasts. Hers didn't. Hers lasted an hour maybe and disappeared to the fact, to the point to where I couldn't even remember When we were talking about rashes, when the doctor asked that she had the rash, right? Um, she developed a strawberry tongue later, Uh, then her eyes were a little peculiar, you know, red and stuff like that. So they all presented at different times. She didn't have all the symptoms at one time. When she had full-blown Kawasaki's is when the peeling of the hands, which is the final stage. Okay. is when that happened. So that also creates an issue. And, and the fact that Kawasaki's, there is not a lot of research on it. And I think research started in the 70s. And so a lot of those kids didn't even know that they had Kawasaki's. It was misdiagnosed as scarlet fever.
0: Is she expected to make a full recovery?
1: They say that she has made a full recovery. Now, her arteries are still enlarged but they are within normal range. Okay. Um, She can keep up now. It took a few years before she could run without panting and all of that other stuff.
0: So as a mother, you're coming home to this completely unexpected and shocking situation with your own kid that completely derails your entire expectation of what you think motherhood is going to be and what it's going to be like to raise your kid. Mm -hmm. So how did that change your perspective. And how did that change your business? You were talking to me about how your business really took off actually after this happened, which I think is so unbelievable <laughs> because you would think it would be the opposite.
1: Well, I needed an escape. I had already started the business in California. We moved here from California. And the the idea of the business was born there so when my husband's job relocated relocated us to Texas I was just kind of playing around I wasn't really serious
0: you were kind of stagnating
1: I I was I was trying to get used to this new place and I had two kids you know two little kids under five yeah that's a handful that's a handful so what happened was when she got sick and she had all of that stuff going on it was an escape it was escape from my crazy reality that um that I needed yeah so I put everything into it at that point. I was like, you know what? Life is so short. I feel like I almost lost my daughter. I have a completely different life and perspective. Like I'm I'm actually, all the things that I would have anxiety or frustrate, get frustrated over, none of that stuff mattered anymore.
0: Did you find that that's been a lingering effect? Do you have less anxiety about the little things still? Or does it creep back in a little bit?
1: Sometimes it creeps back in because I'm human. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but overall, I've even had a friend go, you are so much calmer than you than used, you to, used be. to be yeah. because it changes you, yeah. you know, and I have to be calm for my kids. I can't see my kids can see me completely freaking out all the time, even though when they're asleep, I'm a nut job. You know. <laughs> I am crazy, but
0: being a mom is so hard. It is <laughs> very like,
1: hard. It is really really hard. So I
0: think about those moments too, like tucking in my daughter when she's like having a hard time going to sleep and like finally when I get her to go to bed just like the feeling of exhaustion that I have. Yes. You know, having gotten through that and I um I always think about this moment because bedtime and probably being in the car are the two times that can lead to the most frustration in our house. Yes. And I remember when my firstborn was like probably eight or nine months old, she hated the car and it was so, it just gave me so much anxiety. I mean, the idea of getting in the car with her was so anxiety inducing. Yes. And um, I wouldn't make phone calls in the car because I didn't want people to hear her screaming. Yes. Um, which is now like, you know, the car is a place where I catch up on stuff exactly. and I make, phone, I make those phone calls. And I called our cousin whose son passed away tragically when he was 13 years old. And I called her and Salma was in the car and Salma started screaming. And I was like, I'm so sorry that my kid is screaming right now. And you could hear the frustration in my voice. I was so over it. And she said, well, at least you know she's alive. Huh. And this had happened to her really recently. But I think about that all the time mm-hmm. um, that I just it's its hard. I, I'm human and I'm so human. I get right. frustrated about the littlest things just like everyone. And even right. when you have something tragic happen to you, you still go back there. But there is something about having that life altering moment happen to you or happen to somebody that you know that really changes your perspective in a very permanent way.
1: It, it, yes. And it, and it has. Now I, I take risk like I took risks before. But now I'm all in. I'm like, ah, all they're going to do is if they say no, oh, well, we'll just keep going. You, you know? just threw yourself into it. I just threw I, everything. You know, it was a nice escape. And it was a confidence booster. And it helped me learn the city. You yeah, know? you learned
0: about Houston I learned way. about
1: Houston. I, I had to roll, you know, because originally my business started off as a rental company for parents to try products out before they buy them. So it was just really nice. I would put her on my back and carry her and take her to my appointments and set up cribs and all of that stuff. So it was a nice experience for us too that was outside of a clinical um setting. Well, what
0: I think is so cool is that you found something that you do that gives you so much joy. That yeah. this was the thing that you wanted to throw yourself into when you thought that like life's too short. Right. Most people when we think about work, we're just like, yeah, if I'm on my deathbed, that's going to be the last thing I regret, right. <laughs> spending too much time on, but like you wanted to throw yourself I into this. I wanted
1: to because life is short and I would forever wonder, oh, what would happen if I did that? Or I should have done that, but I was too afraid to do it. And it took out that fear because I had already just experienced something that was very fearful, um, that was frightening, actually, and life altering that, you know, all that other stuff, all the other noise didn't matter.
0: So, what have you done since all of this happened with Sloan, with the Pampered Pickle?
1: Sloan is now going. Now, Sloan wants to be a part of the Pampered Pickle. I, of course. <laughs> she wants to do it all. So, now she is going to be. Um, the face more of it. She, I love it. She loves all the things she loves. She's such a, uh, she loves her dolls. So anything related to doll stuff, the pamper pickle will have. Amazing. <laughs> but my, my son is also involved. He likes to help me clean it up. And how
0: was he affected by all this?
1: So, you know, th- for a long time, he was looking for a lot of attention because the attention had been placed for years on his sister right so you know he had he had a lot of acting out you know and to make sure that we included him in in everything and and in the care Sloan had um blue spells afterwards I don't know if what is
0: know. a blue spell
1: so she would we thought she we used to think she was choking
0: she would turn blue
1: she would start crying and get upset about something and then she'll be ah, uh, And then her eyes will roll in her head. And you're (gasps) like, is she choking? I'm like her. But no, she would get so upset. She couldn't control herself. And so it would look like she would seize out. But in her hands, you know, her eyes would close and roll back. And then so what we had to do, I took her to the doctor. I'm like, what the hell is this? She's like, those are blue spells. She's like blowing her face. Uh, Someone told me you can spray them in the face with a water bottle. I was like, she's not an animal. I don't know, it's kind of weird. But it worked? (laughs) We blew. So, you know, when she gets in there and we see her going, my son, even to this day, if she gets so worked up, she doesn't have blue spells, but I'll see him reach over and go, like blowing in her face and she'll... You know, and then it's all as well. You know,
0: it just sounds like you had so many moments where you came home and you didn't know what was going on with her, and you kind of had to learn, and you were so like you basically scared to death. Like, did you find that you kind of had this like panic response to other things in your life?
1: Everything is full of panic with Sloan. So the journey, the saga continues. We are continuing down this path of um, Kawasaki unknown stuff. So now we're having issues with, does she have a learning disability? Um, at first, it was, is she autistic? We think that she's autistic. We think she has sensory issues. are the, and since she was so young, we don't know if these things were going on before she had Kawasakis or if these things are a result of Kawasakis. So now it is my quest, uh, Every time we go to the doctor, I can't even begin to tell you how many specialists we've had and evaluations we've had just this year.
0: Unbelievable.
1: This year, like every week, it's something new. Her OT will tell us something. Her cardiologist would suggest something else. Another professional would say she needs to go here. So it's it's always this we're on this hamster wheel of medical care at this point. It's constantly going. There's some peculiar things about her that we just don't know.
0: And you don't know if they're related to Kawasaki's or they
1: personality. All right. We don't know what that is because there isn't enough research and and everything she has markers of so many different things that when we go to when we took her to have a neuropsych exam we thought that it would be our cure-all to end-all. We will know exactly what is wrong with Sloan. No, we still don't know. Thousands of dollars later.
0: Have all of these experiences with her, have they made it maybe more difficult sometimes to talk to other mothers who are frustrated about things that maybe matter a lot less? Or like, is it hard to kind of participate in the more lighthearted, not even lighthearted, I just mean to say surface-level conversations?
1: There is. It's always in the back of my head. Like, okay... I don't, I've, I used to apologize for Sloan's behaviors with people because she throws fits. She has tantrums. It would look like a kid who probably was on the spectrum, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. So having conversations with other parents that don't have kids that have special needs, sometimes the things that I hear, I'm like... <laughs> Don't even, that's not even that big of a deal. But right. it's a big deal to that person in that moment. And so I have to realize that as well.
0: You yeah. know, anything
1: yeah. that pertains to any of our children, it's a big deal. But having to discuss it. So I, I find like different special needs communities because a lot of the things that she has can fall within that, you know, mm-hmm. range of things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's great. It's great support because I can figure out how... You know, it's affecting my son and how it's affecting her and how it affects the marriage in your, your whole life. You know, it's, it's you know, you guys have to get on a united front and say, okay, maybe these are just her behavior. So we have to, you know, put the firm, you know, hand down and be like, no, you know.
0: <laughs> At the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure it's been a lot for you and your husband to figure out how to navigate this together. Yes, you it Want to has. tell us a little more about that?
1: Yes, It is. It is. <laughs> It is hard. I will say up until recently, now we are very united. Um before, you know, I, and I and I explained to him, he doesn't make the appointments. Right. He doesn't go to the majority of the appointments. It's not that he doesn't want to, but he just can't. Yeah. Um and you know, that that weighs on me, you know. And I and I and I had to tell him a few times like, "Oh, buddy, you get to go to work. It's yeah, and you feel say. like you're in it alone. And, right. So many
0: mothers can relate to that.
1: Right. And, and and even if she didn't have anything, you do still feel that way as a mom. Because my I had my son before my daughter, and I used to he's not He's not as helpful as I want him to be. But now if I take her to her OT and we have assignments or different things, he comes home and he does the other side of the work now, which is a big help where it doesn't feel like it's all on me. Right. You know, so he and inc- we incorporate the things that sh- the support that she needs that we're told, you know, she needs to work on this. He helps with that. And so I think he's just figured out his way to be a part of the long term care of her.
0: I think so much of mother, well, so much of motherhood can be so isolating because there are so many things that feel like you're the only person that can do them, or you're the only person who knows how to do things the right way. Right. And so much of it for me has been like accepting that we both my husband and I, we both bring different skills to the table. Mm -hmm. And that I have to stop asking him to be me. Like I read something the other day that said, like, your spouse is never going to be you. Like, it's time to let go of that. And like, (laughs) he's also not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But it can be very isolating that, you know, as mothers, we have these, um, we have these instincts, um, the instincts that come along with motherhood um, that can be ours and ours alone. And they can be very isolating and they can separate us from other people in a lot of cases because we feel like, okay, if something were to happen to me, who would really be able to do this? Right. Even when I brush my daughter's hair in the morning, when I put her hair in a ponytail, <laughs> my, my husband, like I'll joke that we should like do a before and after because when my husband's at home if he dresses up our daughter and sends her to and takes her to school she's wearing like polka dot pants um, like (laughs) a striped striped (laughs) t-shirt animal print socks and her hair is like not combed and it's like a jungle woman and I just try like I think it's important for her to have I remember when my dad used to dress me when I was little which happened like once in a blue moon it was so special to me I didn't care what I looked like
1: different thing yeah Yeah. it was a
0: different different thing there weren't that many expectations really on men to be these like equal partners that we want them to be right now and I think it's wonderful that we have this expectation of more egalitarianism Mm -hmm. I also think we need to remember that while we're equal we're not the same Mm -hmm. so like we both we in in many cases we bring just different skills to the table and finding that balance in your relationship is hard it's the navigation of marriage with children
1: exactly yes yeah I I agree we we are definitely there we (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving this support though and now I'm like we have our in our house in our kitchen um we have a blackboard and so he gets, he's, he's serious about it. I just love it. He's up there after work and he's helping the kids with their homework and doing all that great stuff.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: I love it. I think it's awesome. I
0: want to, I do. We just got a blackboard calendar. That's so funny that you just said that. And my husband has been writing stuff into the calendar like every day since we got, there must be something with like the husbands and the blackboards.
1: I don't know exactly. (laughs) My husband is like all on it. And I'm like, you know what? This rocks because like four years ago, yeah, he, he wouldn't have never been that involved, but now it's it's great because it does take some of the frustration out. I am very, I get very frustrated at homework time. It I is- can imagine. I haven't gotten there with my, <laughs> I, my oldest
0: is three, but I think about it, what it's going to be like, and it's like the equivalent of like me trying to get her to put her socks on in the morning. Right now, it's like homework time later. Exactly.
1: So, so all of those things, you know, I, 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 I I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for him. Being a part of the journey with me, yeah, you know, it's helpful, but I, I still have my tribe of women that I every week I'm like, it's another specialist referral ah, constantly. So. That tribe
0: of women, just finding if, if, your tribe can be one person, exactly. <laughs> Let's just clarify, but exactly. like that one person, I have one, there's one mom in my life. Um, since Violet was born who I just like we have had our kids are two weeks apart we've had such similar experiences with mm-hmm. them our kids are like the same distance apart and just having even one person to talk about those things with exactly it's just so helpful it
1: is helpful yeah my girlfriend she and I are she she when Sloan was in the hospital she's like okay I have it all ask this question because I, I couldn't focus you know so she she helped me through a lot of it and as a matter of fact on the way here we had a whole conversation about Sloan's care and she said that is very fitting that you're going to this today. She knows she's like <laughs> abreast of all the info. She knows all of it. If that's something were amazing. to ever happen to me she will be able to give you a complete rundown of what's going that's on. That's amazing. You know so that's helpful as well.
0: So tell me more. I gave a little um, summary of what the Pampered Pickle does in the beginning but I want to hear from you. Tell us about the Pampered Pickle.
1: So so the, bam- the Pampered Pickle is a mobile baby boutique. We specialize in renting and selling baby gear and children's products. Um, our renting component of the business is a nice way for parents to decide if it's a good fit for the family before making that initial investment.
0: So you don't have storefronts. You only are online. Only online
1: okay. and completely mobile. So, you know, if I've, I've had moms to say... You know what, my kid is crying. The swing that I bought is horrible. Bring over the three that you have so I can see what works how ama-
0: there's that one swing which I'm sure you sell, the Mama Roo. Yes. Okay. Well, I <laughs> talked about this with all my mom friends. Like kids, for some kids it's the miracle swing, and for others it's horrible, but it's like $280. Exactly. So you're taking quite a gamble deciding whether or not this is gonna work for your kid. Right. How amazing to have someone come to your house with all three swings deciding which one's gonna work right. for Right. And you can
1: keep it for however many days. And if you say, you know what, I just wanna keep it, because we've had I've had had a few moms to say you know what I've already made up my d- choice let me rent it for a week I've made my decision after day two you know come get the rest of this crap we I'm keeping want this I one. know what I want. I yeah. want I want to keep this so in that case we can either sell a brand new one or you can keep the one that you rented whatever you want to do
0: now the rentals are only in Houston the Is rentals are only in Houston okay.
1: we ship nationwide um, and so we do a lot of selling online. So we, we have various brands, uh, strollers and car seats and things like that. Nature. And you'll come to
0: somebody's home wherever they are and you will like fit them for the right stroller. Exactly. And yes. Okay.
1: So we have that concierge type of component built into it. So it, it makes it nice. I, Mom say, Hey, you know what? I don't know what stroller I want. I've gone into the store or they may have a younger child. So when your kid gets about two You start making that second one. So (laughs) a lot of parents will say, I can't get to the store and try to figure out what I want. My kid is going to go ballistic. So I come over with my whole showroom (laughs) and show you which ones work. And you can try it out. You can run around with it. You can... Put it in your car. Figure really out see how working. it feels. What it feels like. It feels different once you get these products home. I have this fantastic stroller that nobody else has. It's the
0: Peg Perego Agio. Oh, yes. And it's so lightweight. People like, I mean, my friends all notice. I can spin it around. I can get in any doorway. And a lot of them have this other stroller that's pretty popular that's very, very heavy. heavy. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't know that like that was going to be the case unless you tried it out. Exactly. And I, I also always tell moms like you have to absolutely have the car seat. You have to take your baby home from <laughs> the on the car seat, but you'd be surprised like how long you can go without a stroller necessarily uh-huh. and maybe wait to get it. So your service like really allows people to easily make that decision after they have a baby because it's so hard to go to a store with a new baby.
1: It it is, and that was the whole point. And my husband and I, we traveled a lot when we had our first child. I think my son might have been 2 or 3 months for the first flight. Sloan was 3 weeks old. So we were on the road a lot. And so I wanted Things that when I, when I would travel, I would say, "Oh, why do I have to bring all of this stuff? It's so much stuff, so much
0: schlepping." As you say,
1: so much, and we have the kids. You know, it's 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 just too much. So. You can definitely now. When I travel, I see the new parents. I'm like, you got the breast pump, you got this. <laughs> I'm like, that is way too much. Come to Houston, girl. <laughs> I gotta tell you, traveling
0: with a breast pump was like one of the reasons. I mean, like, listen, more power to you, but like, it was just disc- it discouraged me from continuing my breastfeeding journey at many points because <laughs> I was just like, this is so crazy that I'm like pumping in a hotel room right now. Like, it was just this giant like hulk of a thing, you yes. know? Um, so what an amazing idea. Well. I I am so honored to be able to share your story with more people, Chanda. Thank you. And uh, if they want to find you and learn more about you and the Pampered Pickle, they can follow you at The Pampered Pickle on Instagram.
1: On Instagram and on our website, thepamperedpickle.com and on Facebook
0: fantastic and you can get all that info in the summary of this podcast episode and thank you all for joining me again for another episode of look ma no hands I'm your host Laura max rose and you can join us for new episodes every week if you are enjoying this don't forget to subscribe give us five stars and a review it really helps us get more listeners just like you hear all of our content for new mamas we'll see you next time bye